0: A dream
1: that one day, yeah. no matter how long it may take us,
0: as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that
1: here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures, and we will accept no outcome but victory. Because
0: that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to
1: accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully, heavy as they are, the cost of action must be weighed
0: against the price of... Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm oh, sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And we hope you enjoy. <coughs> I got your picture, I'm coming with you, dear Maria, come in. There's a story at the bottom of this bottom. Live a little bit of a fun uh, introduction there for you guys. Yeah, and there's a reason for it. I
1: like having a little jam out.
0: Brian and I have been listening to just a little clip of music before we start going. It's been wonderful for us. Yeah. And Brian, why did we play that song today? Well,
1: you know, one of our newest, most loyal listeners uh, is a big fan of that style of music, that genre of that alt emo feel, and that's Danielle G. Big-time big listener all of a sudden, and I uh, I was really excited to hear that she's a listener and, and wanted to give her a shout-out, and then you were jamming that song, I was like, hey, let's, let's put a little clip of that in.
0: That's the official song of Sunday mornings
1: now. Oh, easy like a Sunday morning. No yeah. longer. It's Dear Maria.
0: I do want to welcome back Hissy. Hissy the Hisser.
1: Yeah. Thank Our... God we're going to be warmer than oh, last Oh, yeah.
0: She's back, ladies and gentlemen, Heat in the garage. <clears> she uh, ran out of gas on us. Ran On out Saturday, of gas, man. and
1: so did I. <laughs> For like three days after that night, uh, Kevin and I had a couple of drinks after. You know, I, I haven't um, had much to drink, and uh, Kevin decided, like, "Hey, let's go. Let's do a shower with wife." And yeah, 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 Kev, I'm, I'm, you know what? That sounds delightful. And I, I think it. I don't know if it's the age, uh, my my new three five. Or if it's just the fact that I drink too much, I tied one off and I was not feeling good the next day. Uh, so I was out of gas for literally the whole day.
0: It happens to the best
1: of us. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, you were. Pedialyte. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I hope that amidst my drunken stupor, I still acted with some sort of some sort of ethics. Ethics. Yeah.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring up ethics, Brian. Because why why I was, is it
1: interesting? Well,
0: I was reading an article the other day, ah. and it had to do with ethics and politics.
1: Really? Yeah. That sounds like we should do a podcast on it. We should do a podcast Let's, let's on jump it. right in. Welcome
0: to Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday night in the garage. It's actually not that cold out today. We I think we got a, like a high of 20 degrees, which we'll talk weather a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got some cool weather stuff to talk about. Well, not so cool. But, um... I was perusing the Googles, and I ran across an article about Kamala Harris's um, niece. niece. Yeah. What's her name? Mina. Mina. It's a beautiful name. I actually dig that name.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But she had gotten a uh, written letter from the Biden um, His lawyer lawyers. team. Yeah, yeah. The the Sam.
1: official presidential like. Lawyers
0: basically saying that she could no longer use the likeness of her aunt mm-hmm. in any of her products. She's an author. Uh, she does some fashion too, does she not?
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> essentially, what Mina was doing, she wasn't really. I, 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 I hesitate to say she was abusing anything, but like she was doing a kid, a children's book um, when uh, Kamala had really picked up some steam. And uh, it had gone into production and she was selling these books. And then the idea was uh, as soon as the inauguration happened, she would uh, cease and desist, Um, which she has done. Uh, The idea was it was her mother, Mina's mother. uh, I believe it's Maya. It was Kamala and Maya do something big. And it was just Mm -hmm. a children's story about her mom and her mom's sister or her aunt Kamala. Um, and the other thing was, I think in her clothing line, it was, it had something to do with what Kamala had said, like, uh, the first, but not the last, yeah. which was her statement about a female vice president and in, right. in, in the executive office. So I, I, I thought this was really good at first. I was like, God bless it. Like, what are we starting now? Um, and it's true, like, was she being abusive? No, but at the same time, you don't get to use the public office in any way for your own, per, you know, personal profit.
0: And I agree with you 100% on this, because I, it was kind of like, um, I think the original article that I had pulled up might have been from Fox, um, and so it was kind of like knocking on it, like, oh, you know, they act like they're so great, and then they do this, but... I really don't think that she was abusing it. I think she was capitalizing on the fact that her aunt had some notoriety. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know what I mean? Um, if you use it, or if you got it, use it. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. But once, I mean, and even though I guess that's kind of a stretch too, you know, because uh, Kamala has been in some sort of public office for a long time, but oh, maybe yeah. hasn't had quite this much notoriety. Throughout that, yeah, um, but it, it raised an interesting thought in my mind, and that is people capitalizing on their own um, political office.
1: Yeah, and and you know one other thing is there was this understanding of you know between the Biden administration and Mina Harris that <clears throat> essentially. She just couldn't uh, re up the product. Correct. Yeah. So she was still selling out of the product. They thought it would have sold out by, before the inauguration. There was still some trickling out, and the lawyer said, like almost as like a reiteration, like you cannot continue this. Just so you know, like right. Once you're out, you're out because you know she's part of the office of the vice president, or she is the vice president. Her office should not be in in it. Used in any way to profit for the right. family, and I almost feel like this is a little overreactionary because the Biden administration is trying to distance them so themselves so much from the from form the, right, from, from the, the former Trump president. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think it's interesting. I did do some research though on ethics mm-hmm. yeah. regarding the president, and as much shit as I gave the Trump administration, um, a lot of the things they did in terms of, like, him going to Mar-a-Lago and utilizing taxpayer dollars and stuff like that, basically funneling taxpayer dollars into his own pockets. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing specific illegal. Now, I would contend the way they went about trademarking things for Ivanka and the Trump organization uh, through China, etc. I do believe that was not acceptable. Right. Because it's a foreign entity. And now you have that foreign um, affairs issue you know, coming into play. Um, but in general, there's nothing that says, you know, you're corrupt if you do hold businesses. However, right. I'm under the, the, the feeling that if you're going to be president of the United States, I want you tied to nothing. I agree. Just so we can be very, very clear That you are not beholden to anyone.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. Um, I would go beyond that. Um, In what sense? I would pass it down to all politicians. Um, And I brought this up before, because we talked about um, people in Congress and the Senate um, basically having an inside scoop on what's going on in the stock market. Um, Yeah. And capitalizing on that. A little bit different, but very much similar um, at the same time. Yeah. It all reminds me of an episode of Parks and Recreation because I love (laughs) tying in sitcoms to our podcast. Okay. um, In which Tom Haverford, he is one of the government employees in Pawnee, Indiana, and he is a part owner or a shareholder in like the big club in Pawnee. It's called the Snake Hole Lounge. And um, he uses his government email to basically spam everyone else at you know, the, the, not just the parks and rec department, but the entire, uh, government building in Pawnee saying like to come to this club, he's promoting like this new alcohol that he made called snake juice. Um, and he ends up having to share his stakes or sell his, uh, shares rather, uh, in the, in the club. Um, once like the, whoever it is, the city manager finds out. Um, and I think that that's, although silly, um, in this aspect, because it is, Uh, a television show i think it's important and we always go back to um uh the peanut farm um jimmy carter jimmy carter thank you selling his peanut farm you know what i mean i just think that it's good political practice i was gonna say business practice but um it's it it, when you go into a a, a political office i think that that should be 100 percent your drive you should have nothing on the back burner yeah um, you shouldn't be running any other businesses. You should be 100% focused on what you're doing because you're taking that, that office to help the people in your district, in your country, in your, you know, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah. It's, it's very interesting when we look at this from an outside perspective, because I remember when, uh, Bernie Sanders ran the first time, I think it was right. Well, it was the 2016 election, but mm-hmm. it's like in 2015, and i remember people like calling him out like he only had a net worth of $300,000 and people were like how does he have a, only a net worth of $300,000 look at all these other senators and and yeah. and reps and you know former presidents and stuff like that and then you know he's running against Hillary and 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 Donald Trump <clears throat> and the supposition was well he's not a good businessman how is he going to you know run the country which is you know this massive corporation essentially and i found that baffling because it's almost like well you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like if you don't have a ton of money your question about like how did you ever make a living and then if you do you don't get to continue that so i think there's there is some sort of middle position but for me being you know the big gov guy i am i'd rather overregulate than underregulate so i'd Mm -hmm. rather them have to divest completely so there is no ties and like hey that's you're you're showing that you care more about the country than yourself yeah. and that's who I want like part of you know you're the chief of state you're the model citizen right, of, right, of America right, right. you're doing what's best for the country before yourself. I think that's
0: great. Yeah. I'm not necessarily all for big time regulations. Some. All of them. I know you want all of them, Brian. All of them. Brian would be super happy with giving up 75% of his income. And like having everything (laughs) provided to him from the government and like having every single regulation like there would be one Toby Flunderson at every look at me got two sitcom fucking references (laughs) in one episode Tony Flunderson's the HR guy from uh, um, the office. Yeah, Um, but there would be a like a Tony Flunderson like government official at every single business. Watching everything you do, if Brian uh, had a say, I
1: I don't. Brian wants cameras uh,
0: on every street corner. Brian wants drones watching (laughs) your houses. Uh, Brian wants a million dollars per citizen per month. Brian wants everyone to get a free car. He kind of wants like the Oprah of governments. He wants that is
1: (laughs) that is absolutely (laughs) such a far fetched idea. But you know, I will say this: like I was talking with Kevin, and, and I'll lean a little bit more on this argument shortly if if we get to the weather right but like i i do think that in general when we over regulate it's easy to kind of be like oh well let's tweak that we went we went way too far versus when we deregulate and then it's like almost impossible to implement anything and yeah. as we, you know, see climate change, as we see Wall Street, as we see healthcare, as we see pharmacy, you know, big pharma, right. as we see, you know, anything that's big, big right. tech, yeah. Like the more we deregulate, <clears throat> the further these entities go and push the limit. Yeah. It's like I'd rather I'd rather overregulate and then peel back, because the biggest argument against regulation is obviously it. The red tape, you know the quote unquote red tape gets in the way of it, yeah, it, it stalls innovation. but really, when when you're talking about innovation, I was thinking about this today, essentially you're exposing a flaw in the system, right okay with anything. You're exposing a flaw in how you could fix that flaw better than anyone, and then you're going to capitalize on it, right. which is very good. But as we've seen with like social media and tech and stuff like that, big pharma, even in healthcare, when you've exposed that flaw and you um, kind of capitalize on it and then there's nothing to stop you from constantly capitalizing and and getting larger and larger and larger and larger, um, it becomes a very big issue and it's so much harder to go backwards. and. You know, with anything in life, when when you're at the crisis point, now you have to overreact anyways. Yeah, so you're going to have to overregulate, like we did in 2008, like, Mm -hmm. well, we were supposed to and kind of did and then didn't. But like you, you kind of, um, you overcompensate for the mistakes, Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, we if we got ahead of that and kind of found that equilibrium in between the overreaction. And the underreaction, we would, we would be good.
0: We would just be at the reaction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, up, I don't want to be overwhelmed or underwhelmed. I just, just want to be whelmed. You know? <laughs> so I You guess. bring
0: up a, you bring up a very good point there actually, because that kind of like shows, that's about where my standard is for regulation. So I, I'm all about regulation when it affects the environment. Mm-hmm. Because I do want, I want clean air. I want clean water. I don't mm-hmm. want yellow rivers. Mm-hmm. Um And it it almost brings me back to, because then you said like big pharma um, and big tech. I think that that is a spot where some regulation needs to happen as well, because it reminds me of things like um, back in the back in the day, um, like the GM Firestone Standard Oil Trust. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're talking like back in the times of Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Rockefeller starts with produce. And then decides that he's going to get into the uh, the the oil industry, but he doesn't want to have the risk of drilling wells and having to find them. And so he gets into oil um, refining, mm-hmm. so basically turning it into gasoline and petroleum products and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then he starts, you know, he starts buying up all of his competition. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you guys are probably everyone's probably heard the no, story. No, go I suppose, for it. But, um, but sorry, he starts buying up all of his competition. Originally, I believe it was in Ohio. Maybe it was in Pennsylvania. I don't remember that. I didn't do the research on that for this episode. Sungs, I it's in the Rust Belt. Put yeah. It yeah. But, anyways, does all that and then ends up buying so much of them that it's to the point where the government has to step in and say, hey, wait a second. You have to- too much control over th- this You've one commodity. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's like when the term monopoly had to come into play. Yeah. Um, but then, you you know what I mean? Like, you saw it again. So, they, they you know, the fines were minimal, everything like that. And then you saw it again with GM, Firestone, and Standard Oil when GM wanted to sell everybody cars. This is, again, turn of the century when you've got uh, autom- automobiles becoming much more um, available to people. GM, you know, is booming. The dealerships are booming. But they want to grow even further. And so they ended up partnering mm-hmm. with Firestone and Standard Oil. But at that point, Standard Oil had been broken up because the, yeah. the government had ruled on that. But, um They basically just did it again with no, I think GM paid like $5,000
1: out of pocket. So, and here's, here's my thing with, you know, um, regulations and and stuff like that. If it's, if it's, you know, a utility or something that is a basic living right, like I think of healthcare as a right and, and all that, I want as much government influence as possible. Um, just to stunt any uh, corruption or profiteering that happens, okay? Um, and so when we look at those things, like I, I just get very, very frustrated with the system and how we're okay with the status quo, and we're like, we would rather overreact to protect those entities mm-hmm. than overreact to protect people.
0: yeah, I so that's
1: I, that's my biggest thing is yeah. like. What, you're you're overreacting one way or the other. Essentially, you're overreacting to protect the business, or you're overreacting to protect people and the workers and in the working class. It's one or the other. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you or I are overreacting in in any like you know stupid way, but like right. essentially, you're trying to protect one side or the other, and unfortunately, it's become this adversarial proposition. And it
0: should always be on the side of the people. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. You should always be trying to protect the people. I mean, the biz- businesses need protection too, but when you're talking about that,
1: right? Because it's I mean, very simple. The government is for the people, by the people, and of the people, right? right? And right. And that's what the government is there to do. It's not and for the there's... business,
0: by the business,
1: yeah. And 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 we've become that. And and when we look around the world, I I just see these things, and I get very very frustrated with our own system. And and that's like when you say like ethics, you know, regarding the presidency. I want to see more ethical behavior. Yeah, and I, I'm at first I was like, I almost had that feeling that some people get with cancel culture, like, oh, so and so got canceled, and it's like they're like, I'm like, like Gina am like she deserved it, like she shouldn't. Like, did she? What did she say? She she made a reference to. She um, made a reference to how. Essentially, being a conservative in America is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany.
0: Yeah, I didn't follow that super closely. I saw a lot of it, and yeah, it took me... It was a, just as And was I hate to tw- go off I hate to go off on another tangent yeah. again, but I'm going to, because um, I'm 50% owner of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's an interesting thing, too, because I, and I again... Shout having, out to
1: Heidi, because we're literally going to be 50% owners. Yeah,
0: boom. LLC coming, baby. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, you're the best. Yeah. Um, but I read up a little bit on it, and I actually, ironically enough, one of the ads that came up for me on YouTube because yeah. my trial of YouTube Premium's over <laughs> um, was the ben, uh, ben Shapiro show, and he was talking about that, and it was like one of those big, like four-minute ads. Yeah, and he had no problem with it because he said she used it as a comparison. Um, I, I I'll have yeah. to do more research on it, but he he had no problem with it, and he thinks that her being fired was um, because she was a Republican. Yeah. Again, we're talking about Ben Shapiro. No, no.
1: Well, and you know, as someone who is Jewish, Jewish that's like, why it he held does, some weight for it me. Does? It does. It held some weight for me. Yeah. But um, I would say this is he's always going to over, over empathize with, with the, the right, with the right. Yeah. And, and she was obviously saying that not to mention she had had a situation where it was considered transphobic Because I think it was like the entire cast of The Mandalorian in their Twitter bios had put Mm. their uh, gender pronouns. So he, his, you know, she, hers, Mm -hmm. they, them, whatever. Yeah. Um, And she didn't. And someone reached out to her and she thought it was stupid and she didn't want to go along with it, which is fine. Then leave it at that. Yeah. But she made her pronouns beep, boop, bop.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. That. I, I know, not, it's I'm, so stupid It's only funny because it's beep boop bop
1: Yeah, it's so stupid <laughs> That sounds something
0: stupid that I would say But
1: the other thing is, is um, uh, Pascal, the, the mm-hmm. guy that actually plays the Mandalorian His yeah. sibling is trans mm-hmm. So you're mocking that And even if she meant to mock The audience's request right. More than the trans community pronoun aspect mm-hmm. It came off a certain way and she yeah. said she learned her lesson. She pulled it down. Blah blah blah. That's so that, that and that's why you get that second chance, right? You're a face of Disney, right? You're one of the lead characters of one of the biggest shows they have. Yeah. You're representing the brand with everything you do. Understood. Yeah. And I don't understand this idea of cancel culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: when it's canceling something that is the the company says yeah. of all brands, right? Right. Disney wants to have this brand of inclusivity children very clean clean, and and all that so i look at that and i'm like why are they not understanding that not to mention one of the biggest conservative ideals is at will employment and that's what i was i was literally just gonna say so how do you go as a conservative saying they shouldn't have fired her well then why don't you like support labor unions in that instance yeah
0: Well, I think, but I, I, I I don't think you're necessarily drawing at straws there, but I think that they have the right to say that, like maybe they think that she shouldn't have been fired. I think that she should have been more careful in the, in the world that we're in now. I support her right to say everything that she has said. Yeah. You know what I mean? No problem with it whatsoever. Absolutely.
1: She should not go to jail. No, any oh, no
0: I'm not even seeing that. She shouldn't be. Well, I mean, I guess she could be ridiculed. I don't think what she said, as far as I've read, it, you know, was really like ridicule worth. Uh, but if people wanted to, that's their choice, too. But if you're employed, especially for a huge corporation like Disney, like you have to be on your toes. It's like being a politician. You have to make sure that what you're saying is copacetic. Um, otherwise, you know what I mean? The business that employs you has every right to fire you.
1: No, I agree. I, yeah. I'm trying to think who said LeBron. Um, I, I think of it as, you know, uh, Laura Ingraham, another conservative. Mm-hmm. When LeBron came out and was like very vocal about like Black Lives Matter or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it was, um, I think it was Black Lives Matter. But she said LeBron James should just shut up and dribble.
0: I shouldn't be laughing at these things. No, like, it's so. If you said that, if, so if you said well, if you said that in any other situation, you, yeah, know what you mean? would be. Like yeah. if he was trying to give you like money advice, you know what I mean? And say, "I shut up and dribble."
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and if it was just between friends, I guess maybe. But like to say, like he doesn't have a pla- like he was utilizing his platform a certain way, a way no. that the whole NBA has done. Like they've been mm-hmm. very, very supportive of the black community. Obviously, their player base is. Largely black. Largely black. Yeah. And, and you know, their support base is also largely black. So it would make sense not only as a business endeavor, but as a community in Denver endeavor that they're going to support the black lives matter. You right. know, I can't breathe shirts and say her name and all that. They were very, very, very forward thinking. And you also have a lot of owners, mm-hmm. um, like a Mark Cuban, who's very vocal about supporting those movements and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so you, you see that in like okay, why is it that Laura Ingraham says LeBron James should just shut up and dribble but then not say Gina Carano should just shut up and act No no let me come to her aid Now I'm not saying Gina Carano should go to jail like I'm a, a vote, I'm very big on advocating for freedom of speech right yeah. but I also understand the brand, Does not want to perpetuate certain things. Right. And they probably warned her very sternly the first time with the transphobic pronoun issue.
0: Well, and especially in this day and age, like, people are, um, I don't want to say overly sensitive, but more sensitive, you know what I mean, to certain things. So, like, you, you especially have to be more, more careful about what you say now. Um,
1: Yeah, I think, I think there is. Like people like to go, oh, it's the woke culture.
0: That's not. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, not you. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: but I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here. We've kind of. I think this is a really good conversation that. You is, know what?
0: This episode is gonna be called. Yeah. The tangent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it went from ethics to business ethics. No. Um. A little a little. To Billy Madison. To, Billy oh, yeah. Madison for you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. X. Uh, 25 years for Happy Gilmore, by the way. Oh, God. The other day. Happy Gilmore 25.
0: and Billy Madison
1: are probably still in my top... Like, not in my top two favorites, but they're definitely... Top ten my... comedies, for sure. For sure. Um, so, going back, uh, I, I think there's this this level of awareness that is more prominent now. And, and there needs to be. Like, we're becoming more educated. We've become more civilized. Like, right. we need to acknowledge certain things, like... We weren't as aware of how blacks felt being called certain things in the 50s and 60s. And like, it didn't matter because yeah. to a lot of people, blacks didn't matter. Well, now we've leveled up. And I think that's something really important to acknowledge.
0: No, I agree 100%. Um,
1: so I think to, to kind of sum up, essentially, there's this hypocrisy I find. And and just, you know, you brought up Ben Shapiro. I know him and Gina Carano are now f- starting a film production company or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. Which I'm like, good. If that's She's not canceled then, right? Right. Essentially, she, you know, moved from one company that was no longer a cultural fit for her and went to another. And that um, happens all the time. Yeah. I guess I'm all for that,
0: too. You know what I mean? Like anybody who wants to start their own thing or do their own thing, so they can do it their way. Sure. I mean, that's all about being an entrepreneur. The whole thing about being an entrepreneur. Because
1: um, I do know, you know, you know where you hear a lot of this is comedians. So comedians for me is a that's a whole different ball game because there's this idea. The whole premise is satire or parody or. Whatever the idea is, poking fun at things. Right. Now, I, at no point should like Michael Richards have ever said the n-word in his you know stand-up or whatever. Um, like he did, Michael Richards was the actor that played um, Kramer on Seinfeld, and he went kind of off uh, on a an audience member. And so I, I do think. There's an element of satire that allows you to push boundaries further than you should um, in normal life. But even then, there's a fine line. And, and, you know, some people walk it better than others because it's kind of their shtick. Like a Bill Burr
0: is allowed to push
1: the envelope further because that's who he is all the time. right? And not to mention, you know, he, I believe his wife is black me if I'm correct I, me if I'm wrong, but you know what, I, I am, think I'm, I think he I'm has this I think he has a black wife, you. and he runs by some of his, he runs his um, skits by his wife, so he knows that's acceptable, that's not that's funny, that's pushing the envelope, and then this isn't. Yeah, she's black. Um, you know I'm very I've, beautiful I've, too, by the way. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, Dave Chappelle does an incredible job of pushing the envelope. And I respect that a lot in comedians. Um, I, I respect any comedian to say what they want or or I'm sorry, any, you know, celebrity, whether it's a professional athlete, a celebrity, whatever. Right. But if you're going to be if you're going to say something stupid, you're going to be held accountable. And and that's up to that company. It's up yeah. to your fan base. It's whomever, you know.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting line to walk, especially in that profession, because, you um... Obviously, more people in Hollywood and, yeah, I'd say more people in Hollywood are definitely left-leaning. Um, yeah. They're not to the right, and so people on the right are a little bit of a, I don't want to use the word minority, but well, they're, they're, the, they're, the number, they're, they're, fewer. They're the political they're, minority They're, in, f- in they're fewer in numbers, they're yeah. fewer in numbers. Um, I think the word minority is.
1: No, they're, I like the, to, they're I like the, the political use, minority. Well, I
0: know, but I like to use that a little bit more uh, towards ca- yeah. cautiously and where it belongs. Sure. Um, so there are fewer in numbers in Hollywood, and so I think it, it, it could be it, it. It probably is harder for them to speak their minds because they're going to be held more accountable. Um, whereas people on the left, they have more people agreeing with them. So I can see that argument, mm-hmm. but I just believe that, like you know what I mean? Like I work at the restaurant; I can push the envelope as far as like dropping an F bomb if I want to. Sure. I never really talk politics unless it's like, unless Christine's at the restaurant Um, (laughs) or Sam and TC too. Um,
1: Or you're trying to promote an incredible up and coming podcast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I try to, yeah. But, um, yeah. As soon as I hear someone bring up politics or government, I was like, you know what? I got a really great source for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, It's a startup. (laughs) It's going to be huge. Um, but yeah, I, I can understand that. But like when so sorry, back to what I was saying. Like I, I know when I can like drop an F bomb with a customer, mm-hmm. which I very rarely do. Like I have to know who you are. No, you're like yeah. yeah, or I can like you know, if I get a good read on like, you know what I mean, you and the people that you're with, like maybe like, yeah, fuck yeah,
1: man. Who, but, there was um there was a country star, up and coming star, I should say. I think his name is Morgan Wallen. Um and he had a video come out of like a couple of weeks ago, he dropped an N-bomb. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. And obviously people were very, very upset. And then you also had a lot of his fan base saying, I'm going to support him anyways and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He came out and said, do not support me. What I did was wrong. I should not have used that language. I don't deserve your love right now. I need to think about this. I need to like essentially repent. Like, I need to own this. Don't mm. don't, you know, just support me blindly because you like my music. Like if I screw up like that, I have to own it. And like that's that's what America is about. Like you can screw up, but if you own it, you deserve that. It's second all about chance. how
0: you handle the situation.
1: Yeah. Every you know in America, everyone loves underdogs and we love second chance stories. We love to see Someone who is repentant and who, you know, wants to reconcile their, their fault, their flaws and their faults and, and come back and and do it better the next time. Everyone loves a comeback story. Yeah. It's a Robert comeback. Downey, or, or Robert under, Downey Jr. Baby. Robert Downey Jr. Is the perfect example. I love Robert Downey Jr. Right. And you know, yeah. he sobered up and like, now he makes jokes. I, I was watching a clip and, um, it was with Gwyneth Paltrow and they were in France and like, she answered a, uh, uh an audience question in French mm-hmm. and he got like all pissy about it, it as a joke. And he's like, well, they didn't teach me French in prison. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not, I'm not as eloquent as you yeah, like it was, yeah, it was yeah, a good yeah. moment. And like when you can have that, that humility that is required of, you know, true remorse Mm-hmm. You deserve that second chance, third chance, whatever the case is. You deserve that opportunity to make it right. And I have no problem with a Gina Carano making a mistake the first time and then owning it, but then not learning from it and doing something very similar within months. So for me, like, you know what you're walking into. You know what you have to represent. And if you don't want to, then don't. I think it was also very easy for them to walk away because season's over, filming's over. We don't need to include you. Right. Like, if it's mid season and it's like, or season three, like if uh, Ellen Pompeo in season five of Grey's Anatomy did something really stupid, it's going to be hard to get rid of the title character. Right. But
0: I'm glad you explained who that was because I've never watched that show. <laughs>
1: I only watched like 12 seasons. Um, but. That's what I'm saying. Is like you, there's this accountability uh, that comes with it, and, and I I get kind of fr- fr- you know f- uh, frustrated with the idea of cancel culture and yeah. like it's becoming this almost bad thing. Like oh, you're canceling someone. Yeah, for saying something really stupid and showing no remorse. Yes, they should be canceled. Um, but mm, then to again, what
0: extent? We'll have to have a whole show on cancel culture.
1: Oh, okay. So anyways, speaking of canceling stuff, I think everyone in Texas would really like to cancel the weather.
0: That was a really quick and harsh segue.
1: <laughs> Just like the snowstorm that hit Texas.
0: That's better. <laughs> Set you up for that one, kiddo. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, what's going on down there is certainly crazy.
1: It's, um, it's a really, really sad thing that's happening.
0: You know what, really? Actually, before we say that, I want to tell you right now, this proves that global warming is not real. Because the glo- its clearly the globe is cooling.
1: Oh my god! I know you're setting me up for that. I know you're po I—I see it in your eyes. You're trying yeah. to poke the bear.
0: You know who we have to blame for this shit? Who? AOC.
1: Oh my god! So i am glad you did bring up the idea. I'm just kidding, of-
0: AOC. I still want to
1: have a bartending competition <laughs> against you. I do want to bring that up—the idea of climate change—and yeah. And I saw—I saw this one guy talking about it, and I thought he—he. He, He framed it in such a great way. Like the idea of global warming, climate change, and blah, blah, blah. He brought it up as destabilization. That's good. And I like that because essentially... The more destabilized, the more radical the mm-hmm. weather events become. More tornadoes, more hurricanes, more tsunamis, more yeah. snowstorms and blizzards and blizzards where they've never happened and, yeah. and all of that. And then, you know, the fallout from those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really great way of framing it. No one can deny it. Like, there are people, and I've had this argument with people, literally, in the last few days, that said, If global warming is real, why is Texas getting snow? And I'm like, you're not getting it. (sighs) But something I thought was very, very interesting was the response and how these incredibly difficult weather scenarios played out and what was the response to them in terms of government. Um, and what I, I thought was very interesting with how you know Oklahoma had far less power outages, right? Um, because they are part of a grid system with like twelve other states. I want to say maybe yeah. sixteen even. Um, whereas Texas, which is one of the it is the largest power user and power supplier in America.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah, especially dealing with like natural gas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they do a lot of oil drilling as well and all that. Um, but twenty percent of their um, their energy is supplied by wind turbines. So I mean, they do a lot. But Texas itself is on its own grid. Yeah, and it's privately owned. Right, and this is where I come back full circle with the regulation talk. Is This is a private entity that had no vested interest in making sure it was winterized, right? Right, Because that's an extra cost. We're never going to need to deal with that. Why would we winterize, right? If we winterize, that's money out of my pocket. I have to put that money up front. Mm -hmm. And by not doing that, I get more money. So I'm not going to do that. And then this is the cost, So when we deregulate and we privatize too often, especially in the utility aspect, what happens is corners are cut for the for the sake of profits. Rarely I
0: think they're probably done that that way too when there's regulations, but
1: well rarely well here's the difference, and this is what I was arguing, is in the West sector and the north the northeast sectors, right? those grids are publicly held or the East sector. I think it's like almost the entire East side and the entire West side of the United States. And then there's Texas and the, the East side, they all rally together and essentially they're kind of sharing all of that energy. And when there's spikes somewhere or there's, you know, damages elsewhere, you know, that supply can kind of transition into the areas with more need without a huge cost. Right. Um, with, texas when it goes out they have no one to rely on they've lived high off the hog and they can't go back to anyone so also the idea of a publicly held entity is all of the funds coming for that infrastructure is going to the infrastructure there's no ceo saying hmm i gotta get me mine first Mm -hmm. right whereas Mm -hmm. texas they have those executive members, board members, and stuff like that. They get paid, and they want to be paid handsomely. And then all of the money yeah. goes to that, that system. You
0: know what? I'm going to try to tie this into the whole um, cancel culture. Okay. In that you can say what you want, but you have to deal with the repercussions. Same thing with Texas. I support their right to want to supply their own power and to be off the grid. But now they've got to deal with the consequences
1: afterwards. So I, I, I really, I don't have it in me to to do that. Like, I, so I was talking to you earlier. I'm not saying like the, the
0: people, like the private citizens, I'm saying like.
1: But like, so.
0: Well, maybe I am. I guess they vote for their yeah, officials.
1: So they voted for their officials and, and they've privatized it. and And now the state government is supposedly going back and like. Re-examining everything, and this mm-hmm. is what I'm saying: when you deregulate and privatize things, it is very, very difficult to go in a more progressive fe- like direction because there's people are so up in arms about overregulation and all that. And that's what this. I was talking with someone today, and I even mentioned to you, I love political discussions when it's you and I talking and we we disagree and like I love disagreement. I learn from it. And he was talking about how. You know the state government was already in kind of setting in motion some of the regulations that they wanted to make, and it's like, well, you just said you were worried about overregulation, but they needed some regulation; they had none, and this is where we're at because of that. Um, so, so for me, I, I want to say like, you you made your bed, now lie in it, mm-hmm. right? Especially with that bastard Ted Cruz, who's begging for federal emergency relief funds but when there was a nor'easter i think it was in 2012 and congress had a vote on sending them emergency funds mm-hmm. he voted no and he got called out on it on tv and he's like well that's kind of political sniping no it's not if it's if you won't send it elsewhere but now you need it that's not fair and that's one at of at least
0: he's fighting for the people in his state
1: yeah, but he's. Look at me,
0: finding the positive.
1: But he, he should be no. fighting for all of America. I and understand that, yeah. He fights for the people in his state for his own benefit because whatever, for sure, whatever he wants to him, keep, continue to hold exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you see a lot I've of. Been watching,
0: I've been watching House of Cards for the first time. Great show. Yeah, I know, but it's like, makes me like sick to my stomach. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because th- there is a lot of that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's from what, South Carolina? I can think of a South Carolina senator that's just like him. Lindsey Graham. Anyways. I knew um, who you were saying. I want the audience to be damn sure Okay, it's Lindsey Graham. I don't like him. Um, but yeah, so I, I find there, there's this level of uh, hypocrisy and reactionary. Um, th- this this reactionary position of the Republican Party right now is like, okay, well, let's wait for something bad to happen, and then we'll try fixing it. And it's like, why are we trying to react all the time instead of be proactive Right? That's, that's the Green New Deal. Let's get out ahead of this. Let's be the innovators yeah, Let's not fall feel, behind.
0: How do you feel about that? So, what was it? Uh, the governor of Texas yeah. was calling out AOC saying this is, the, the, this the is doing, her fault. Yeah, this is the doings of the Green New Deal.
1: Well, and, and okay, so let's talk about political sniping, but really missing the mark. Like 20% of Texas energy is from wind energy. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose 20% of their energy, they lost 100%. And that's from natural. Yeah, the, it was actually the natural gas wells that froze over. To that the was whole the whole state. The well. It's
0: because I thought that only twenty five percent of the state was out of power.
1: Um. It was. Yeah. It was m- millions and millions of people. Yeah. So at th-
0: the, I th- the way you said that made me made it seem as though the whole state was out of power.
1: Um. So, what? Well, what I'm saying is, is this. They lost massive amounts of power, and it had nothing to do with the actual wind energy. It had yeah. to do more so with the natural gas wells mm-hmm. freezing over and not being yeah. accessible. I do you like sixty wi- percent of their energy depository?:
0: yeah. I do know that the wind turbines were producing less energy too, because of the cold, but I mean that's Oh yeah,
1: no, some were completely frozen over. yeah. And I did see like I laughed at the meme where there was this helicopter. So mm-hmm. it's using fossil fuels, yeah. spraying you know chemicals onto the twin turbine to then get it moving. So like I laugh at that, but it's yeah. also like like in a microcosm it's funny, but you're also realizing like in the long longitudinal look at it, like you're looking at long term here. Yeah, the wind turbines are a much better outfit than than the natural gas. But I, I don't understand uh, for like how... for
0: the environment. Yes, as far as like energy production, I believe natural gas has a higher output.
1: Well, yeah, but you know, but, I kn-
0: but you're right for the environment. The, I agree hundred percent.
1: Truly, like the best output is nuclear,
0: right? Yeah, I don't have a problem with nuclear energy because the only, I mean, the, the issue that you run into with nuclear energy it's completely clean burning when it's or not burning, but whatever the fuck it's doing. Uh, what is that? Um,
1: if if um, fusion.
0: Thank you. Is it fusion or is it fission? shit. Keep talking. Any super smart people listening to this podcast, please let us know. I'll
1: have to consult one of my former students, Trevor, who's on the nuclear sub. Yeah,
0: yeah, you talked about him, and I said that's really sick. That's so cool. Uh, Anyways, um, the issue that you run into is when the nuclear core is depleted, which it takes a ridiculous amount of time. It is fission.
1: It is fission. Fusion is the sun. The yeah. radiation from the sun. Fission is in nuclear power reactors. Look very at me good. go. Look at you.
0: Um, that's because I took my Limitless pill today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will I will say this. Um, when like when so when the nuclear power runs out, when the the core is is the waste. Yeah, getting rid of the waste is very difficult. Yeah, um, and I know it's very costly. But as far as you know, power sources that we have right now, it is a literal powerhouse
1: yeah Nailed and it uh, the other the other aspect to what's going on is texas uh some texans may still lose power yet so it's yeah. we're in the millions of people who have been without power for days and you're you know you see like the tiktoks or the the news clips or whatever and mm-hmm. these people are sitting in their home you know it's 40 degree weather and we're like up here in chicago we're like you guys don't know anything like yeah, but they aren't prepared for this. They right. don't have shovels. Right. Right, right. They don't have plows and salt, you know, salt trucks and, and big winter jackets. Even big winter jackets they don't have. Yeah. And you see them like li- building literal fires in their fireplace that like might have been a gas one and they're just like, "Well, you know, I got to do something to stay right. warm in their house." Right. And and it's a very serious thing, and I yeah. think I, my I think, heart goes out to them. Yeah, and and that's what I said like as much as I would love to punish Ted Cruz, I don't ever. Want I would to never punish. punish those people. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that's the most frustrating. I hope this becomes a you know what you should thing. do. Yeah.
0: Cut the fucking get natural gas line to Ted Cruz's house. This is not me calling for people to do that. This is just saying like this should what I is what I think the punishment should be. We restore the power to everybody in Texas, okay, or the the gas, the heat, and then Ted Cruz has to go without heat. So. For the same amount of days. And his winter jackets get taken away.
1: Um, unbelievable. <laughs> what I will say is this.
0: I'm not really calling for that. I, again, 30 seconds before, 30 seconds behind. I just want to make sure I explain myself. I do not want that to happen to Ted Cruz either.
1: What I hope, and and this is also on the cusp of you know Texas trying to pass legislation for a secession. They want to be their own country. They're tired of being part of this liberal nation of the United States of America. Mm. And... They want to secede, not all, certainly not all Texans, but there are Republican leaders in that area. They want to secede. Um, you know, they want to deregulate. They want to do these things. And then it's like the moment you need it. Yeah. And that's why you bounce. That's why you make a community. Right? Yeah.
0: It's, so you can you rely on one another.
1: And that's what I talked about. I talk about this all the time because I'm such an advocate for community and whether it's your local supporting your ymca or your, high taxes your and, food and, your food bank or your food pantry i thought and, we were just listing things that no, you were fond of no um when we when we look at community as like a school community a um you know uh, yeah you have learning city, com- yeah uh, you know even a country when you rally together you're all better when you level everyone up Everyone gets better and no one's getting worse if you're leveling, you know, the, the lower half up. And so so when I look at Texas, I, I really hope that they they strongly reconsider some of their notions about, you know, how to how to govern themselves and stuff like that and who they choose to govern them themselves. Um, because, you know, this is a clear indicator that climate chi- uh, climate change denial is not a very successful path um you know separation from the rest of the country is not going to be a very successful path when you're borrowing plow trucks from Ohio um, and then also you know separating yourself from even your local area like Oklahoma and, and all that Arkansas to make your own power grid and not share that power grid with mm. them when push comes to shove and you're on your own it becomes very difficult and you become dependent on others yeah so um, and while I would love to see all of the infrastructure rehabilitated um i hope that you know there's some strong consideration in texas that they move to a more communal feel yeah i agree with you 100 yeah. any other tangents
0: you want to go on before we uh, uh, sign off today
1: okay let me let's regroup here yeah we've covered okay. a lot yeah we talked ethics
0: we talked about uh kamala yeah we and talked about
1: in her niece and in the biden administration nipping then in the bud before it even became a real thing oh you know what i wanted to talk go let's, let, let's well yeah let's recap yeah. just to make sure I, we covered everything i didn't blast the trump administration too much i you i even, tried to you, i tried to pull a Biden, and i'm going to give some some love to biden for that as well um two things a number one and we haven't said it on the podcast yet the son of a gun delivered on his dosage promises like capturing 200 million doses mm-hmm. of the coronavirus vaccine we were kind of giving him sh- some shit on some prior podcasts like well what is he really doing he's secured 200 million doses of of the coronavirus vaccine that's incredible and then the other thing I is i don't think we've been like that about. i think we've been very supportive no you well you've been saying he hasn't done enough if we go like three episodes back, you're right.
0: I was talking about his executive orders and yeah. how, he, yeah. I did, I didn't, how I didn't think he was prioritizing. I didn't say right. he wasn't doing enough.
1: Okay. Um, trying to
0: call me out, motherfucker.
1: Well, <laughs> now you're going to tempt me to go back and listen. Yeah, please do. But what I will say is this.
0: It'll increase our downloads. Number
1: two. <laughs> Number two is um, he's distanced himself and not focused on yeah. the, the past administration like mm-hmm. he could have. He could have used that for political leverage. Yeah. And every time someone tries to go to him or um, oh, what's her name? Jen, Jen Saki, I think her name is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the uh, press coordinator mm-hmm. um, or the press secretary. She does such a wonderful job of not getting goaded into those types of discussions, yeah. focusing on the Trump administration. I have a hard time listening to her
0: talk sometimes
1: it's really hard to listen to her because it's not as funny no it's just, yeah like it's the do you c- realize we had sean spicer yeah forgot about and mcelenany like those were our press secretaries yeah. like
0: you know what it is and i'm do you I'm remember the, obama's it? no me neither yeah
1: because you're not supposed to yeah
0: well the thing i had the, the problem that I have with listening to her and I'm not poking fun or anything like that. She, she's one of those people that just happens to say, um, and, uh, a lot. And for whatever hmm. reasons, sometimes I, I struggle with that from time to time. Um, interesting. But I mean, to that notion as well, what I was going to say earlier, um, before we were supposed to start wrapping up and going over everything, but yeah. then I, you know, yeah, yeah I stopped myself and then you went on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> Way uh, mad libs did. Yeah. Um, is the Biden presidency has just been so boring comparatively to Trump's. And so like you <laughs> see so that, true. but you see it in the media now where like literally the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times, reported on Joe Biden's sleep schedule, basically. Like they did a <laughs> whole article on like, well, Joey likes to be in bed by eight PM and like they did a whole a whole piece. Yeah. That's what we're dealing with now.
1: Yeah. I and mean, I think I
0: just think it's very interesting. It's so funny how you can like just flip a switch.
1: Well, and and that's how every other presidency had been, right? Yeah, for the like, most part. Like I remember like the big controversy with Obama, like Fox News ran a whole thing was the tan suit and oh, oh my gosh. god, it was See, like yes, it was like this yes, thing. And it's yes. like that's that's your controversy. You know, with Bush, it's like, oh, he's going back down to his ranch again. Look at him try to fake chopping wood. Like the liberals are out there, like, oh, this war criminal is just trying to pretend to chop yeah. wood. He doesn't really chop wood. And it's like, he's,
0: God bless he's there Dick with a saw. God bless Dick Cheney's America.
1: Yeah. So, favorite. I mean, it's one of my yeah. favorite
0: lines from War Dogs.
1: I just rewatched that. Yeah, I, I love that. Oh, uh, so good. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Anyway, so we, we covered uh, the ethics. ethics. We covered.
1: cancel culture a little bit yeah we digressed into that and then Then of course we talked
0: ethics and government ethics and politics yeah i'm sorry ethics and business ethics
1: ethics and then you know the the really the most important thing is is what's going on in texas because lives are at stake here um you know it's not easy in the midst of a global pandemic to like also be dealing with hypothermia and like running around and you know there's there's you know, runs on the grocery store and stuff like that. And, and if, we have any,
0: if we have anybody listening in Texas right now, too, we'd love for you to reach out to us, manlipspod yeah, at gmail I mean, we want everyone to reach out to us. Um, but you know, let us know what's going on down there. Um,
1: logistics is very difficult. I, I yeah, I work on logistics, you, and, and I'm telling you right now, they had a 133 car pile up, and there were six six people died on, on the first day of yeah. the ice and stuff and it, it's a nightmare getting to and from trucking ca- like carriers are shutting down right now and so like goods aren't coming into the grocery store so it's right. it's a very difficult situation our hearts are, are are with you and and I hope you know uh, Texas accepts help from the rest of the community and and uh, wants to be will. a part of this community
0: they will. well thank you guys for being a part of this community the mad, mad, mad live podcast be. community
1: yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. And, you know, we've been getting more and more feedback. Um, we, we continue to see the, the audience develop into to bigger numbers, but we want to get really big. We want to make this community whole. We want to make a community where everyone feels welcome to share their opinion, whether you're, you know, in agreement with me and disagree with Kevin or vice versa. We want you to feel comfortable. And if you disagree with both of us, Feel comfortable. Be a also part of let, this community.
0: Yeah, also let us know if you want us to make Team Kevin and Team Brian t-shirts. Oh, boy. That it, would be interesting. It, it would get very competitive. No, you would win, Brian. I don't think so. Pete. Brian. Brian, you're so sweet. You're so kind. You're such a
1: fucking liberal. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, <laughs> on we're, that note, we're yeah. very thankful for you all. Please yeah. continue to spread the word, and that's what I was getting at. The community needs to keep growing into, into a whole community. Let's, let's turn the conversation around. Let's make it Mad Libs yeah love you guys love you
0: well guys we're here we've made it to the end
1: wait 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 kevin kevin we gotta thank our sponsors
0: what sponsors
1: well we, we haven't gotten any official sponsors yet but we do have patreons oh and we should let people know that they can join our patreon for subscribing from five to ten to twenty dollars any amount helps
0: Yeah, thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. If you guys don't want to do a monthly subscription, you can also support us by buying some of our awesome clothing at madlibspodcast.threadless.com.
1: And that's a win-win-win. Win.
0: win. Win. (laughs) Also, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we would love for you to follow us on our Facebook page and our Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.